Gemini today. I swear I'm to God. sorry. I'm... It's still the it's the tequila. It's still in me. I had a party last night, so I wasn't invited. I mean, you totally would have been invited if you lived here. I'm gonna throw you the best party when you come because we all we like to have parties here at my house. Any reason to celebrate is a good one. My last birthday, we did an Adam Sandler party. We had that Halloween party. And then last night, we had an emo party. So everybody had to dress emo. And um, we did emo karaoke. So my voice is a little scratchy. It's because I was literally screaming I'm Not Okay by MCR last night. Um, Not even 12 hours ago. So Honestly. And I'm sat here like I was a part of that party. I've got my Slipknot t-shirt on, a backwards cap. You were in my heart, dude. You were. I was, I texted V and I was like, you up? Because I just wanted to FaceTime you for like a minute. Just to be like, you're here, everybody. I was, I was zonked. It was, this week has gone so slowly and it's been so busy. I was just zonked. I, um... I watched a lot of movies for today's episode. You did. I mean, I don't really watch anything because I've got it all up here. I go off what I remember. And if it's wrong, it's wrong. I don't don't care. I'm chaotic. My mental illness said, maybe you can't do that. (laughs) See, I can't remember my childhood, but I can remember films from 2008. I can remember, (laughs) like, everything from my childhood, but I can't remember movies. What does that say about me? Um, it means you had a good childhood, I think. Yay! Mum, don't take that the wrong way. I did have a good childhood. There are just some parts that <laughs> just didn't go my way. <laughs> don't take offence, Mum. <laughs> are you going to introduce us, V? Oh, I suppose so, because you don't have the brain capacity today. So, we are the Lovable Horror Huns. My name is V, one of your co-hosts, and... We have Meg, Hi. who is the other co-host, who is probably still drunk from last yeah, night. Yeah, I'm not hungover. And... I'm not hungover, but I still might be a so little So she's drunk. still drunk. I went to bed at... She is still drunk. <laughs> I went to bed at like 1.30 <laughs> last night, and I woke up, and I like snapped my eyes open at 7 o'clock, so, you know. Yeah, you're, st- you're definitely still drunk. Well, this is going to be a fun episode. Um, Today, we are discussing one of the most popular genres... In horror, found footage. Found found footage. Um, So, we've got three movies that we're going to talk about. I'm going to do it in order of their release. Mm. Because that makes more sense in my brain. Do you like found footage films, V? Um, They can be very hit and miss. Because sometimes they can look amazing and other times they can look like they were made for less than a hundred quid like i think found footage if it's done well it's amazing it's kind of like a first person game if it's done well it's done well period when it's done bad oh my god you can feel so motion sick with found footage because i mean Things like um, 
Cloverfield, which is one of the films we're going to talk about first, it's very much handheld found footage. Like, you can feel all the movement of the person. Yeah. Whereas, you know, we've got other films that are more, um, say, like, CCTV found footage and stuff like that. Like, where it's more static and stuff like that. So, yeah. There's a lot of things that can be done with found footage, but I don't think you've really watched many found footage horror films, have you? I really haven't watched a whole lot, mainly because of what you said, like the motion sickness thing. I don't really get motion sickness, but it makes my head hurt when I watch stuff like that, especially when I was younger and I didn't have glasses yet. I think maybe that was my problem for a long period in my life was I needed to wear glasses and I didn't, so my vision was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, but yeah, I have respect for found footage because, like you said, it is hard to make a good found footage movie, it feels like. Like, it can feel very cheaply done, even though sometimes those type of movies are the best. But if you get found footage wrong, you get it wrong. But there are movies in this subgenre that really excel at making movies the way that they do and I'm excited to get into a couple of them today. Just a note, we're gonna mention Blair Witch because that is one of the most iconic found footage films out there. Iconic! But it is not one of the main films that we are going to be talking about. No. I do apologise but we made an agreement that because it's been talked about to death in when people talk about found footage, we wanted to talk about some other found footage movies that we think may need the spotlight just a bit more than Blair Witch because everyone knows Blair Witch. Everyone loves it, even if it's bad. I forgot who I was talking to and I said that we were doing found footage. They were like, are you doing Blair Witch? And I was like, no. They were like, oh, thank God. Because it has, it just <laughs> has been talked up so, so much. And the thing that I don't fuck with Blair Witch about, like, with is I know some people are like you don't really see the witch but it's like damn it that's my favorite fucking part <laughs> that's my favorite part is seeing like the weird creatures and stuff so I'm not the biggest Blair Witch fan but I do respect it because it it is such an iconic horror film especially when it comes to found footage it's just been beaten to death so Maybe one day yeah. we'll do a Blair Witch episode. Maybe that can be on one of our um, reboot roulette wheels because it has been remade. But this episode, mm -hmm. don't be looking for us to talk about Blair Witch because it ain't going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I had the opposite conversation. I was speaking to Alice and she was like, are you going to talk about the one and only, the queen, Blair Witch? I was like, um... unfortunately not. And I... I think she was ready to rip me. She's like, why aren't you talking about it? Why? So I had to explain to her. I was like, it's been talked about a lot. As much as I love Blair Witch, apart from the ending, I didn't really enjoy the ending that much. Yeah, and yeah. I do enjoy the second one, the mm. second Blair mm. Witch. Um, I do apologise <laughs> once more. We're not going to talk about it in this episode. Sorry, Alice, okay. that we're not talking about Blair Witch, but it'll have its day. It will, I promise you, because um, when we do get round to doing like, someone is at the front door. You bitch. 
Why did you talk at that moment? Someone's at the front door. <laughs> Someone is at the front door. Um, yeah, when we do eventually get to our horror and video games, there is a Blair Witch video game. Ooh. And I do want to talk about that because it is done very well. People <sighs> didn't enjoy it, but when I was watching gameplay footage of it, I really enjoyed it, the way they did it. So, yeah, we will talk about that when we get to that but let's talk about our first film that was released in 2008 that meg had not seen before no we saw we started talking about this episode and that is cloverfield i hadn't seen cloverfield because you and our listeners know i'm not like super into sci-fi but i fucking loved this movie mainly because of tj miller (laughs) (laughs) she was just texting me throughout going oh my god is that who i think it is (laughs) and i was just like yes yes it is but i was really surprised you had not seen this film before because to me when i think of found footage cloverfield's one of the ones i think of the most it's just iconic in my eyes it's uh, yeah (laughs) i did enjoy it i had i didn't really know anything about it i knew that there was a monster and that's what it was that's all i knew so it was very enjoyable to watch it because nobody had spoiled it for me even though it came out in 2008 i had no context of what it was about so that was fun I mean, yes, I did love Hud's character because he brought, like, a touch of humor. And, like, there was one point, I think I texted V, he was like, you guys, slow down running. And I'm like, that's 100% me. Me. If if the world was yeah. coming to an end and people were running, I'd be the one walking. So I resonate with his character. But the one big thing that I did not like about the Cloverfield movie was that HUD's camera skills were literally shaky at best. Like, this one was kind of rough for me to sit through just because of how it moved. But I love the story and everything else. Yeah, no, I do agree. And the way the film was shot, it really gets you in that headspace of you being the person behind the camera. And I think... Is one of those films where the shakiness adds to it because you don't expect people who have never really, you know, filmed before to hold a camera still while they're trying to run. Um, and in some places it does make me feel really sick because I get very badly, like, car sick sometimes. Um, so the motion sickness is real. Um, but I can, I can forgive it because overall it just adds to it. I one thing that I really enjoyed about this movie is that you didn't really get to see the monster until really at the end like you would see pieces of it or you would see like a little thing here or there but you didn't get the full overall picture of it until the end and I enjoyed that because Mm -hmm. it kind of kept it a mystery and like you said like we were seeing it as HUD was seeing it so yeah he didn't see the entire thing until the 
the very end when R.I.P. baby, he got eaten. Right? That <laughs> helicopter, they swooped yep. that helicopter down. Even though, I'm like, how did he reach it? It seemed very out of reach for that monster, but... And then he ate my poor friend, Hud. That was sad, but I enjoyed it. Unlike Blair Witch, they gave you all this anticipation to see what is destroying the city, and they, you get that payoff in the end, where with Blair Witch, you didn't get that at all, but I digress. No, no, I do get it, because obviously in the 2000s, thanks to Blair Witch, there was kind of a boom for found footage, and some of them, like Blair Witch, built up all the suspense and then just kind of left you with blue balls at the end by not showing you the the creature. I was I was Whereas Cloverfield, like, what's blue balls? What's blue balls? And then I remembered, you have an accent. You blue were balls. saying blue balls. Yeah, blue balls. <laughs> <laughs> you say it's so cute. Blue balls. <laughs> We digress. Um, <laughs> where, like, you know, Cloverfield builds suspense, like you said, and it shows you the creature, this giant monster that's destroying New York City. And I do, I'm gonna apologize. I think Cloverfield, without a doubt, beats Blair Witch in that aspect. Like, yeah. Even though Blair Witch is kind of quote-unquote based on true story yeah or like Mm -hmm. true events yeah Mm -hmm. it it just it left you wanting more and then the second one of Blair Witch it made the Blair Witch film a like a film in that reality when it wasn't just a continuation on from the first Blair Witch um but I think this is gonna be I think a little bit controversial. I think they should have left Cloverfield as a standalone film. They did not need to make anything more. Like, you you got everything you needed from the first one. They, you didn't need to expand the universe for Cloverfield. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So, what are the other movies like? I'm sure that I'll watch them at some point, but... Is it the same premise? Like, is it somebody else in New York City and we're getting their point of view? What the fuck is going on in those movies? So, in the other movies, it's kind of based in the Cloverfield universe. So, you've got 10 Cloverfield Lane, which they said, oh no, it's nothing to do with Cloverfield. Like, um, what they did with Prometheus... Uh, newer alien movie they're like oh no no it's got nothing to do with this franchise before and then you watch it and then it is exactly what you think it is it's a part of the universe so 10 Cloverfield Lane I think it was alright it it didn't need to be a part of the Cloverfield universe but they did Mm -hmm. and then you've got the Cloverfield Paradox which is um 2018 oh and so recent that's more of a yeah and basically um the the description on imdb is um obliterating a planet on the brink of war scientists test a device to solve an energy crisis and end up face to face with a dark alternative reality so 
Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's part of the Cloverfield universe, but nothing like the first Cloverfield, basically. So my question, since you know way more about this than I do, was it a monster? Was it an alien? Where the fuck did this thing come from? Um, I believe it's an alien. Um, that um, yeah. Well, on IMDb it says rampaging monster attack. So, you know, technically, if you think about it, stuff like Godzilla, even though he's a giant reptile, he's an alien. He is a giant alien reptile. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sticking with, in my brain, in my head cannon, it's an alien. <laughs> my head cannon is correct. No one fight me on it. <laughs> no. But... I will say, yeah. I feel like one thing that they underutilized in this movie was the baby creatures. Because that subway scene where they do the night vision, that really fucked me up. Mm-hmm. I was like, whoa. I feel like they could have included yeah. them more. It could have definitely been a more intense movie if they were to include like the little baby creatures running everywhere in the streets um i just felt like they were underutilized and they were super cool like their creature concept design was awesome because they were like spider alien bug things and it just made me mm. um yeah but yeah that was one thing that i wish that there was more of but this movie was super short actually i thought it was like 90 minutes or less I think or something like that yeah I think we've gotten to the stage now where we are so blessed with films getting longer so we can get more um information by the characters put into us like films if you think about it in the 2000s like before the 2010s were a lot shorter did you say and now we've got like what because yeah, we if are I blessed. see that a movie that I want to go see in a theater is like two plus hours long, I'm, I'm like, you want to know what? It ain't for me. I ain't going to see that movie in the theater. There is something about me. If I know that a movie is long, I need to watch it at home because I'm a girl that has a small bladder and that likes to eat snacks. So watching long movies like that just isn't my jam. But anyway. I I enjoy long movies because I you know you get to find out more of the characters background you get more intensity sometimes it's not great because they just add filler scenes and you're like why the fuck is this in here yeah. <laughs> like but sometimes it is needed like um uh I'm trying to think what was like a film I saw recently that was really long Batman. Um, I think, yeah, the Batman. The Batman, which is also directed by Matt Reeves, who did Cloverfield. Wait, what? Um, yeah. That is cool. Yeah. Okay. I know. The new Batman is almost three hours long. Yeah, see, I had, I was, I was going to do Margot's makeup, and I was like, Trevor, what are you doing after this? He's like, I'm going to see Batman. I was like, I'll go with you. And then he was like, are you sure it's like almost three hours? I was like, Good looking out, homie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is long, but because it's like the first year, of, this is going to be a side tangent, it's like the first year of Batman. 
So you need to like find out like what is it the first two years he's in his second year of being Batman I think and you've got three villains so you know they need to give you as much information as possible and there was no filler scene in it so that was done well but when you get shit like I don't know um, Avatar that doesn't need to be fucking as long as it was. Still haven't seen it to this day. Me neither. Because I refuse to. Not Avatar <laughs> Watching Club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But we digress. We digress. I liked Cloverfield. Um, I don't know now that you told me about that if I want to watch the rest of them. But as a standalone movie, I thought this was really strong. And it was a very good contender for a found footage film. Um, yeah. I suggested, yeah. I think, the next film that came out. You did. You which did, yes. is such an iconic found footage movie, um, I think. And that's Paranormal Activity. I mean, yeah. if you haven't seen Paranormal Activity, what are you doing? It had a clutch on everybody when it first came out. Like, everyone was talking about it. And we were, like, younger, right? Um, it came out in 2009, so, so a I year was, after Cloverfield. So I was in, like, sixth grade, I think, or around there. Yeah. And I just remember watching it and being like, oh, my God. Because I love paranormal studies and the occult. Like, that is my jam. I'm just... Uh, this could be a whole separate podcast, but I just... I believe in ghosts. If you don't believe in ghosts, you're wrong. And um, <laughs> you need to do a little bit... You can't tell people they're <laughs> wrong for that. No, they are because it's scientifically proven that there are ghosts. I mean, we're just energy. Like, where does our energy go when we die? I mean, I... Good question. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Um, anyway. But I will watch, like, any ghost movie I can get my hands on. And this one was something completely different than what people are used to. Like, you're used to seeing this haunted house movie or, you know, some religious movie dealing with demonic entities a la The Exorcist, but this was just a completely different vibe. <laughs> completely different vibe. Um, so I don't actually know what you think I think of him. I don't think we've actually discussed. I'm sure that you don't like it just because I love it so much. No. So for me... Paranormal Activity and the franchise in general are a massive guilty pleasure of mine. Oh, thank God. And I don't I don't have many guilty pleasures. Like, I'm very open with what I like and what I don't like. So why is Paranormal but Activity a guilty pleasure for you? Because they just get ridiculous. They do. They just get so ridiculous. They're like... It's like the Purge films, the Purge franchise. Massive guilty pleasure for me. I love the Purge movies. And, you know, people are like, oh my god, there's too many of them. I'm like, no, give me more, please. Give me some more Purge. I will say, I really, I think I've watched the first three Paranormal Activities, but the first one is what's so iconic to me. Like, I remember people yeah. were really, like, freaking out about that movie. I mean, it, it did scare me for a little bit. Like, it made me never want to sleep with my door open ever again. Not that I did before that, but, like, 
I definitely be like, yep, this door is going being closed before I go to sleep. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I've watched I've watched every single paranormal activity movie, like every single one, and more than once as well. What so what <laughs> makes you love them so much, Fee? I think it is because I am a believer in the paranormal. Like I've had my own paranormal experiences. Um, I've never had a paranormal experience that I like saw something. Have you ever seen something? So. I'm pretty sure I have. So when I was younger, um, I think we were staying with someone in Wales. And I got up in the middle of the night, opened the door. The room I was sleeping in was at the end of a corridor. And I just saw this orb at the other end. Oh, shit. And, and I was just stood there for like a split second. I was like, that's got to be some of a torch, right? But all of a sudden, it darts towards me like it was running mm. so i was like nope fuck this i can't hear any footsteps slam the door go under the cover and that was it i fell asleep and that mm. Mm. yeah oh no well <laughs> oh no <laughs> I've, I've, I've told you the stuff that's like kind of happened to me since we moved into this house but if I had mm-hmm. something following me like Katie did, how did we not address this sooner in her life? Like, oh, that woman needs an exorcism, honestly. Absolutely. Now, I will say that the super smart thing that the filmmaker did with this movie, I think, I think Oren Pelly, I think is his name, he like wrote it, directed it, he was cinematographer, like produced it. He did everything for this movie. So kudos to you. The genius thing that he did with Paranormal Activity was the timestamps that you saw on the bottom right corner of the screen. When you saw the time fast forward at night and then slow way down, like you can kind of feel your heart quicken because you know something's about to happen. He like allowed you to anticipate it, but in a completely fresh way, like not any music. Cause you know how with horror movies you get that ominous, low, creepy music or like, you know, the little violin that adds a little like, ah, something's about to happen. No, the timestamps are what allows you to be like, Ooh, in that moment, you know? Yeah, no, I completely get you. It's kind of like, um, um, like hereditary, the use of negative space trying to make you anticipate something being in that space and then it not be there and then later right at the end of like near the end of the film like the last 30 minutes them using negative space again and then them actually putting sunk in the background i felt like that's kind of like what the timestamps did like speeding up and then when it slowed down and then you didn't really see anything and then it just kept doing that until shit starts hitting the fan. It's just like that for me. I think, though, um, the first paranormal activity um, had a very slow start into getting into, like, you know, the ghosty goos. Um, and you can definitely tell it's a product of its time. Like, you can definitely tell it's still in the 2000s. But, you know, I didn't 
find it as scary as probably some other people did but that's because I've had my own paranormal experiences and I'm I know what scares me and what doesn't when it comes to like ghosts and you know ghostly entities so yeah and then they just get more and more ridiculous like what is it paranormal activity three yes um I saw that there was a new one last year as recent as last year yeah I saw that haven't seen that one so I may have told a fib he's like that's on my watch (laughs) list I've seen every single one (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't seen that one. I didn't even know there was a new paranormal activity out. Next of kin. The budget for this movie, production budget was $15,000. Post-production was $215,000. So they added $200,000 post-production. But it made... A hundred and ninety three point four million dollars for box office. I mean, that is a fucking home run, slam dunk, touchdown, holy shit, money making movie. And they utilize the smaller cast in this so well because it's really only the two people. Yeah, I'm reading the um description for it like the premise um young woman who was banned by her mother as a baby travels to a secluded amish community it's always the fucking amish isn't it always the fucking amish do you guys have amish people over there um no actually i don't think so um i think i've got jehovah's witnesses they're not the same thing do you know what amish Um, people are yes i know what amish people are in my state when you come visit I'll take you on a drive. We can go to Amish country. You can see the Amish people. Yeehaw! You have to, like, slow way down because they have, like, horse and carriages. Horses. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Anyway, we are getting Baby so girl. off topic. I on know this. about Amish people. <laughs> Don't you worry. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> uh, I think I know why I haven't heard of this one. Because it was made for Paramount+. Plus, and it was the first paranormal activity film not given a theatrical release. So that's probably why it wasn't on my radar. Got you. So did you know about the alternate ending to this movie? To the original paranormal activity? I think so, but I've forgotten what it is. I So after she kills Mika, which... That's a really cute name. Anyway, after she kills Mika, she... She goes to her sister's? No, she goes and, like, goes to the camera and slits her throat. Oh, shit. And then dies. I didn't know that. I mean, that's one way to end it. (laughs) Yeah, but I think then they realize how much of a cash grab they could make because then in the second one, it follows her sister. Yeah. And her... Then, um... Katie goes in kills them all kidnaps the baby adios amigos sort of thing you know yes i think that they did such great things with the paranormal activity movie it as you can tell opened an entire world um for movies like that and i don't care what generation you are ghost movies are good they've been making them since the good old days it's just something that's inherently scary because it is the unknown and then when you take this found footage it just makes you feel like you're watching it in real time um which just 
gives you even bigger scares for those reveals. I love Paranormal Activity. I rewatched it getting ready for this um, podcast, and not gonna lie, I started watching it during the daylight, and then it got dark, and I was like, mm, time to close my door, because I had my door open. I was like, um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's so funny. But I think the reason why Cloverfield and uh, Paranormal Activity are good examples of found footage is because they are things you can catch on camera like you see online people trying to show evidence that they've caught a ufo on camera or they've you know caught bigfoot on camera um they've got like cctv footage of like ghosts moving shit like it's very believable for the found footage genre I think and that's what makes them good because you can use that you can use people's own personal experiences online to go right someone's caught that on camera let's add that into a found footage sort of style film yeah and I think I like paranormal activity so much too because it it's a it's a stable camera <laughs> it's easy tv Sh- you know? shout out Mika for setting up that camera tripod good looking out buddy thanks for not making us sick (laughs) now this last movie that we're going to talk about i know v is super excited about (laughs) we're talking about spree which was released in 2020 um and if you don't know what spree is um it's basically this um millennial that wants to you know be internet famous wants to be an influencer um and basically goes on a um, killing spree, pretty much. And it's it's one of my favourite new movies. And it takes the found footage genre and gives it a very, very modern twist. Like, you know, we've had things like um, Unfriended and stuff like that, where it's like, you know, trying to use Skype or Zoom to um make the found footage genre more quote-unquote modern but i think spree takes it that step further and elevates it to the new audience of people who are going to be like we don't use handheld cameras anymore what are you want about we're cool we're new we're hit i sound very fucking old right now <laughs> so what Essentially, most of this, you're watching a live stream, which is something that is so interesting to me. And they did it right. Like, when I first heard the concept of Spree, I was kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, all right. But they did it. It Like, it was ingenious, I felt like. It was so smart that the way that they did the shots, the way that they set up the cameras. I just, this movie, if you have not seen it, I definitely recommend it. I watched it with Val and both of us agreed. It almost kind of made us sick in a way because not the camera quality or anything, but this movie takes a peek into influencers that I know is definitely a dramatized thing. I 
thousand percent believe that there are people like Kurt out there. I know that there are people that only want social media clout and they turn those people into absolute villains. And this movie is just so bonkers that it's almost believable. No, and um, Joe Keery does such an amazing oh job. Oh my God. Playing such an unhinged, fame-hungry millennial. Um, and I was like you, when I first heard the um, premise of this, I put off watching this for a very long time because I... <sighs> I was unsure how they were gonna do it, how they were gonna show this sort of like person that wanted to be, you know, a social media star and influencer. Um, but it was done so, so, so well. And it showed in a perfect way that some people will literally do anything for fame. Um, I mean, you look at Jake and Logan Paul, one set fire um set a giant fire in the back of like their LA home and it got out of control and they had to move out fucking and the oh. other filmed a dead body in the um Okigara um forest which is also known as the suicide forest in Japan and posted it on YouTube so you know that's what i'm saying people there, will literally do anything there are people like Kurt out there and the scary thing is this movie honestly kind of in a way, makes you want to empathize with Kurt because you know that he's lonely and, like, everybody's like, dude, you have no personality, you are no one, you're never gonna be anyone, and it's sad to, like, watch him realize, oh, my life isn't gonna amount to anything if I don't have a following on social media, and that's just not the case. No, I mean, it's so sad nowadays hearing that kids dream jobs are to grow up to be youtubers and influencers yeah i want to be an influencer it's like what does that even mean like just be you (laughs) it's just uh, when we were growing up we obviously wanted to be doctors and firefighters and i wanted to be a stay-at-home wife yeah like that sort of thing but kids now because youtube is so accessible to everyone and it's much it's like much bigger than what it was when we were growing up i mean i've been watching youtube for many many years like i think 15 years i've been watching youtube if youtube's been out that long i've been watching it for a very long time i know it's been a huge part of my teen years and stuff like that but I've never gone in my head going I want to be an influencer I want to be a youtuber like we're doing this podcast for fun because we enjoy talking about horror movies and horror in general like if we get you know some sort of fame out of it that's cool that's great but it's not something that you know we're seeking out if we get it, we get it. If we don't, we're still going to do this. We're still going to have fun. But there are people out there that are like, this is do or die sort of thing. Yeah. I, this movie made me just, I had so many thoughts going through my head. Because V and I have talked about it before. Like, I'm not huge 
into social media. I'm pushing myself to be more present on social media because of this podcast because I do want this podcast to be um, very community-based. Like, I would love to talk to people about their favorite horror um, topics. Like, you know, if somebody's super into a horror book, I would love to interview them about that book just to see what got them into it. And that involves putting yourself out there on social media. But I honestly think that people nowadays don't realize what that can also do to your psyche. And this movie, I think, shows you that. Um, And it is scary to think that there, like, wasn't, I think there was an uber killer. Like, there was an uber killer at one point in America. So it's like, this is a very real um, situation that we're taking, like, shining a light on. Um, and they did it so fantastically. And, but also you're sitting there laughing being like, <laughs> this could actually happen. I'm scared. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh, we've seen most recently since the pandemic that, um, TikTok has become massive for people posting, you know, these weird fucking things. And there was, um, a young teenage girl that cosplayed on TikTok that um, posted some videos of her covered in blood. Um, And it was because she had murdered her um, disabled sister. Oh, shit. Yeah. And people were seeing this video all over their TikTok feed and they're like, that blood does not look fake. It even came up on my For You page. And I was like, that does not look fake that looks very very real and then it got taken down and she got arrested and it's just so scary that we now have sometimes it's great we have accessibility to the, all this information because obviously we get to see what's happening in the world which is like with ukraine and stuff like that but there's also a downside to having accessibility to all this information because people can instantly get famous for their killings their gratitude that they want to get and that was another super scary part of this movie is kurt wanted fame so badly he wanted to be this influencer and he didn't get it until after spoiler alert after he died and you see people on like 4chan reddit type shit where they are praising him for doing what he did And that is sickening to think about because people really, truly do that. People still sympathize with, like, the Columbine killers and, like, Sandy Hook killers. Like, there are truly people out there. And this movie just opens your eyes, if they weren't already open, that this is truly how our society has um, devolved, I feel. Because it's, we're not evolving. Like, it's disgusting. But this movie depicts Mm -hmm. it in such a satirical way that you're like, wow, shit, fuck. I think we forget that people actually idolize killers. Mm -hmm. Like, it's been going on for decades, like Charles Manson, uh, Ted Bundy, um, and um, the guy that dressed up as the Joker for the Batman premiere like in the late 2000s yes, the aurora 2000s, shooting and I shot think, up a theater yeah. uh, 
and people to this day are like, oh my god, that guy was so cool for doing that. Like, people actually are out there idolising these kinds of people. And I think Spree, even though it shows, like, you know, Kurt live streaming and, like, only one person is watching his stream until, like, near the end where people are like, oh my god, that's so fake, bro. Like, whoa, fuck, bro, that's so fake. I think it kind of shows that no matter how violent someone is, if you kill someone, you can get instant fame. Yeah. And I thought that it was <laughs> funny because we, you had mentioned, like, Bundy. And this movie, he is driving for a service called Spree. And he spree kills that whole day. It's Marcus Parks from last podcast on the left has said that now because of police work that you aren't seeing as many serial killers but you are seeing more spree killers which is exactly what Kurt is in this movie and I just loved it they used mm-hmm. the ride chair service and named it spree it was like wow mm-hmm. exactly yeah I think if they actually used um <laughs> a real like services name um, 100%. they may have got a bit sud Sid. Uh-huh, but the 100%. acting in it was incredible even though it was weird seeing Frankie Grande in that in it <laughs> um my jaw hit the floor when I saw David Arquette in this movie oh my god and he was a gem in this movie too like when is he not like he's okay. so cute him but playing oh, him playing a deadbeat DJ dad was just the cherry on top of this cake absolutely like, dude <laughs> Now, there is so funny. one scene of, in this movie that I wanted to talk to you about so bad. I, me and Val had to pause the movie. When Uno woke up and shot that police officer, the popular DJ that he had in her his car. Yes. When she just <gasps> shot up and goes, ah, and shoots that police officer. I was like, what the fuck? So what was he? Yeah, oh my God. What was he putting in those water bottles? Because it didn't kill her, and she drank a lot of it. Uh, I can't remember, but... Um, oh, hang on. I'm going to have a look at this. But one of my... I think the my favorite person that he killed was the first guy in the um, spree. Where he's like, come on, man, say it with me. Yeah, fuck yeah. you. I'm, I'm proud. And he's just like... No. No. Drink your water. Go on. He's like, Drink your water. I'll kill people, but that's a step over the fucking line. Racism is a step over the line. <laughs> you would not believe people have actually Googled what you put in the water. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, this whole movie, Kurt, is talking about the lesson. I'm going to show you the lesson. And he makes videos that get no views about him injecting water bottles with this mystery solution that he goes on to kill people with and he pretty much sets it up the entire time and he gets no followings until he actually kills people and it's just like Mm -hmm. some school shooters it's like the writing is on the wall you see it it's there we need to pay attention to this this is a problem why are we not doing anything about it and why do we allow Mm -hmm. this to happen and then allow people to get famous for it it's it was an amazing um social commentary on what's going on today especially in america i thought 
they don't actually say what he puts in the water bottle. Thank God. Obviously, I think because they don't want people to do it. You know. Yeah, because <laughs> you know, I think we've seen it in the past where they've shown a bit too much of what you know they do for the killings. Um, but the only reason Kurt gets fame is because he kills Bobby and takes Bobby's followers yep. onto his stream. That's the only reason people started noticing him. Man, and the, and just... the most chilling scene in this movie, I thought, was when she crashes, I think it's Sashir Zameda from SNL. She was fabulous in this movie. But when she crashes mm-hmm. the car into the house and you realize that Kurt's mom has been dead this whole time and that's what he did at the very beginning of the movie that was like one of the first things that he did it's it's sad and scary yeah i think i i i think i kind of had a feeling right at the beginning when he was like yeah mom i'll i'll come help you and then it just had that long pause where the there was just emptiness and you're like why is it not cutting away? You're like, did what's going on? Did my Wi-Fi drop out? Did this movie just pause? Yeah, like that sort of thing. But no, you get you find out right at the end that the reason why it paused for so long was because he was killing his mum. Yeah, I I enjoyed this movie a whole lot, and I am I feel like these three movies give us totally different interpretations of a found footage movie. We have a classic found footage where it's handheld. We have the CCTV footage in Paranormal Activity, and then we have this live stream for a more modern um, audience. Mm -hmm. I know that there are so many found footage movies out there. I am... Now on horror Twitter, um, horrorho13. If you want to give me a follow, um, I sound like Kurt. Follow for follow, are we follow for follow? Um, follow for but follow? a lot of people really enjoy found footage movies, and I have added so many to my watch list. Um, one of my friends, Spencer, shout out Spencer, um, suggested me watching Hell House LLC. I watched, yes. which was, I fucking love haunted houses, and during pre-pandemic, I would go to a new haunted house every weekend when the haunts were open. I love them so much, so that whole concept was insane to me, um, but I've been seeing people talk about found footage on horror Twitter a whole lot recently, and I just didn't think that it had that much of a audience or a pull. Um but it does, and for very good reason. There's just so much you can do with found footage films. For me, one of my favorites is Troll Hunter. I've never seen um, that. It's um. Sorry, let me let me read you the description on the back of um, the Blu-ray I've got. So, it is a non-English film. Okay. So you know people go out and like search for um, Bigfoot and stuff like that yeah um this is basically a norwegian take on it 
um, and it's a group of students um, trailing a mysterious hunter um, who wants, you know, who wants them to just go away, leave them alone, sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it's just like these big like Norwegian creatures that kind of remind you of like Bigfoot. Interesting. The best monster um, movie since it's, Jurassic it's, Park is what it says. Yeah, it's just you know I love a good creature feature. So yeah, it is. It's so underrated. I think. I think a lot of people watched it and were like, "Oh yeah, that's great," and then just forgot about it. But it's it's one of like the better found footage films in my personal opinion. Um, and I was just looking up what technically was the first found footage movie. Yes, and um. It was um, technically it could be either um, the nineteen eighties Cannibal Holocaust uh-huh. or the nineteen sixty ones The Connection. Hmm. So well, but it was popularized by the Blair Witch film. Well, we know I haven't watched Cannibal Holocaust. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm, I wonder why. I'm sure that we'll watch it at some point. But yeah, I saw that when I was researching found footage too. And that's kind of like insane that in the 80s, this Cannibal Holocaust came out in the 80s, right? Yes, 1980s. And then in 1999, Blair Witch Project came out. So that's a huge gap in between those two so just imagine like found footage cannibal holocaust which i know is like intense and then this like huge gap and then blair witch and now we have so many like so so many i mean i've been seeing people's letterbox found footage shit on horror twitter i mean there's a lot there's a lot of content there so one found footage movie that really scared me was Grave Encounters. Um, I watched mm-hmm. that when I was in high school, and that fucked me up because I've said before, like, escape rooms, not being able to escape something is, like, extremely traumatic for me. And uh, I get scared when I can't take my shirt off. Like, when I get stuck in a shirt, I'm like... <gasps> I get scared just then. But, um, yeah, Grave Encounters fucked me up for a little bit. Um yeah. But I think that Paranormal Activity I, is my favorite that we've talked about, just because it's it was my favorite then, and when I watched a bunch of found footage, it was my favorite when I watched those on my binge session last weekend, so. Yeah, I mean, you watched one in preparation for all this, and we decided against it was Creep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you had feelings about it. I really enjoyed it, because it's such a limited cast, like, there's two people basically in this whole movie so they have to carry it they do i just um so but my thing is you know that this crazy dude is stalking you and you're just gonna sit around and like look at the lake like yeah you deserve to get axed in the head by peach fuzz (laughs) like come on aaron do better yeah yeah i mean obviously spoilers if you haven't seen creep aaron dies at the end but spoiler alert there is a second creep movie and is it more intense um 
so obviously he pulls the same thing. So he like puts an ad out for a camera person to document and um, this girl answers it. Oh, it's a girl. And yeah, you just need to watch it. Like I know you were iffy about the first one. I think you should just watch the second I've, one because I would I will watch the second one. Like I wasn't it wasn't a movie that I was like, oh, I can't. But it was just like some of the decisions in that movie I was like questionable at best. <laughs> it's one of those ones because we are horror connoisseurs. <laughs> We're like red flag, <laughs> red fucking flag. Yeah, yeah. Like even though yes, we would probably be one of the first to die. Hey, speak for yourself. We agreed I'd be the final girl. (laughs) Hold on. I may have a terrible memory, but I'm pretty sure we did not agree on that. Yeah, we did. (laughs) You said you would be, I would be the final girl and you'd be my bimbo best friend. We would not survive because we're both queer. (laughs) They don't let the queer ones survive. Well, we'll just have to write our own movie then, V. Uh... Yeah, definitely. Um, but what genre would we do? That's the big question. I already have an idea in my mind's eye for a horror movie. I just don't know how to oh, attempt it. We've already discussed that. We've already discussed it. And I think I've already helped you with the input. But that, I think, is a conversation for another I was about to say, maybe. not for this episode. Um, I was filming a lot of my party because I wanted to make a TikTok about it. Because, you know, I've only made two TikToks. But I was like, I'll make a TikTok about this party. So I was, like, filming everybody. And then I got up on my friend Trevor and I was like, this is, like, the beginning of a found footage horror movie. And he looked at me and he was like, I hope I'm not in it. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he knows. He knows. He knows. <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like we were able to chat about some really great films in this episode. And for our listeners, our regular listeners, um, we are playing another game next week. We're not going to tell you what game, but this is definitely going to be a podcast regular game. Oh, I just hit my hand. This is going to be a (laughs) podcast. It's that tequila, baby. Um... It's going to be a podcast regular game, um, and I am so fucking excited for it. Yeah, just to let you all know, it was my idea, and it's one of the best ideas I've ever had in my life. Hey, I came up with the idea for the concept of the game. V just pulled inspo for what we're going to be duking about. But I'm, I'm not going to say anymore. I'm not going to say anymore. But anyway, um... This is the end of our found footage um, episode. If you want us to maybe do a part two, let us know what kind of found footage films you enjoy. And who knows, we could do a part two in the future or we can incorporate them into other, you know, topics that we've got going on. But you can let us know on our Instagram and our Twitter. Our Instagram is at Horror Huns Podcast and our Twitter is at Horror Huns Pod because it was too long to have podcast at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, and if, if there is a found footage movie that you really, really enjoy that we didn't even discuss in this one, just shoot us a, a tweet. Let us know. Or a DM. Slide in our DMs. Let us know. Um, 
what found footage movie you're really passionate about and who knows maybe we will interview you for an upcoming episode um that's all I got today my I'm I'm ready to I'm ready to eat and I'm ready to take a nap again because I'm ready to continue playing video games even though the weather is super nice here today just open the window you'll be fine I'm a hermit yeah I'm a hermit I like to stay in my room but anyway um I don't have any final thoughts today. Do you have a final thought today? Mm. Nope, your head is empty. All right, and cool. Um, we're done. <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you're done.